Once again, happy Sabbath, everyone. Okay? Happy Sabbath, everyone. Happy Sabbath. If it's not a happy Sabbath, I understand you should sit there and be blue. That's fine. But if it is, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And so we are here in whatever number we are here. Amen? God said, I did not call you because you were greater in number. He said, I set my love on you. And that's why you are called here today. So we thank God for his love. Amen? Amen. And, and what we want to look at today is a topic the Lord gave us. He said, what is your testimony? And I'm not talking about just necessarily testimony service that we have every day. What is your testimony? Because your testimony is critical in, in if you are going to make it and be called on that role we talked about this morning. If you would turn your Bibles to the book of Revelations chapter 12. Chapter 12, I'm sorry. Revelation chapter 12. And what we're going to begin to look at is this testimony. What in the world is God talking about? And what in the world does he want us to do? See, because you are testifying every moment of your life. But what you are testifying is something we need to discover this morning. Revelation chapter 12. We're going to begin at verse 9. Revelation chapter 12, starting at verse 9. Say amen when you have it. And the great dragon was cast out. That old servant called the devil and Satan, when, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accuseth them before our God day and night. And they did what? They overcame him. Who was him? What's the antecedent to him? Okay, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to throw you off. I know you, this is, you ain't in class. <laughs> Satan. They overcame Satan. Isn't that a promise from God? We can overcome Satan. And he is the most powerful enemy that we have. Now, everything else that's an enemy of ours falls under him. He said they overcame him. How? By the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their what? Testimony. And they love not their lives until when? Until the death. Now, I know when we read that, we say, well, thank the Lord we have the ability. God says, I've given you the power to get your victory over Satan. And, 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 and he said, I told you how to do it. You got to go through the blood of the lamb and, and by the word of your testimony. And, and, and they overcame him and, and they did not love their lives until the death. And that's when things get difficult for us. See, we get excited about the, 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 the ability to overcome, but the actual going through it, we're not sure of. And, and I, I, let me give you some encouragement this morning. He said they love not their lives until the death doesn't mean that you cease to exist on this earth. See, we think of death, that's what we think of. We think of funerals. We think of being buried. He said, man, you got to die long before then if you're going to overcome this devil. Amen? We got to learn how to die before we die. Does that make sense? And, and let's go to Acts. We're going to go to Acts. Let's look at this. He said, we're going to overcome him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. See, the word of your testimony is what you are. It can't, you can't help yourself when you have this in your soul. And, and, and in Acts chapter, by the grace of God, chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. See, there was a testimony going around now. It was a new thing on earth in the book of Acts. They've never seen this before. They didn't know what to call a certain group of people because there was something new about them. Their testimony was different. And in the book of Acts, I believe it's chapter 11. Chapter 11, and let's go, if we would, to verse 26. Acts chapter 11, verse 26. We there? He said, and when he had found him, he brought him into Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with what? Oh, let's not forget that. Let's not forget that. They assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians where? 
first in Antioch. They didn't know what to call these people. You know, this is only one place in this entire Bible that the word Christian is, is, is used. They called them Christians at Antioch. And what they were doing, they were assembling themselves with the church. They were studying the word of God, and they preached the gospel of Christ. So that's why they called them Christians, because that's what their testimony was. They were disciples of Christ. And they knew who they were, because they <laughs> acted like him. That was their testimony. Amen? Amen. Now, now, let me tell you what a Christian, a Christian is simply this. It, it actually comes the way they use it. It comes from the, uh, a Greek word called Christianeos, uh, 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 which is simply a Christian, somebody who follows Christ. Now, wouldn't that just kind of eliminate most people who call themselves Christian? <laughs> because if the word Christian means a follower of Christ, then if you're not following Christ, are you really a true Christian? I'm not talking about if you fall from time to time, okay, because God, he knows we're going to do that. I'm talking about just, just I'm not doing nothing Jesus says, and I'm adamant about it, but I call myself a Christian. We tend to be like those women in, in the book of Isaiah, those seven women who took on one man and said, look, uh, uh, let me wear my own clothes. We're going to eat my own food. We're going to do what we want to do, but let us be called by your name to take away our reproach. Is that the life we're living, or are we living a true testimony? Are we claiming the name of Christ and walking contrary to his way? What is our testimony this morning? Amen? Now, when we read in Revelation, it talked about they love not their lives until the death. Turn to the book of Colossians chapter 3. They love not their lives. See, this is the key to have a testimony because Jesus loved not his life until the death. He had a good life before he came to this planet, didn't he? Amen. The creator was this, that. The creator. And all the universe worshipped him. But he loved not his life. He loved us more than he loved his life. It was, he was sitting pretty good. He was doing just fine, but his love for us caused him to lose his life. He said, I lose my life so you can gain it. Amen? Now think about that. The creator did this. Why can't we? Let's go to Colossians 3. They love not their lives until the death. Let's begin at verse 1 in Colossians 3. Hang with us this morning if you can. Verse 1 says, If ye then be risen with Christ... Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Here's one thing when you say, I love not my life until death. Stop focusing on things of this earth. Yes, there are some things that we have to deal with on this earth. Yes, you have to eat, right? You like to sleep from time to time. There are all those things on this earth that you have to deal with. But he said, don't set your affections on them. Set your affections on things above. Where is above? He's talking about the throne of God. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. What do you think baptism was all about? Didn't y'all remember that when y'all been dipped in the water? And you came back up or what? A new man, a new creature, right? Or did you come up a wet heathen? Which one? That's why God says, when I told you to go through this process, it was for a reason. Because you needed to declare that you are dead and your life is now hid with Christ and God. How did we do? He said, when Christ is our, who is our life shall appear, then shall we also appear with him in glory. Then he says again, mortify. What does mortify mean? Yeah. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. And then he starts to describe these things that need to die. Because he said they love not their lives until the death. What's the first thing? Fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscences, and covetousness, which is what? idolatry. See, when we, he says they love not their lives until the death and how they got the victory over Satan and how they become overcomers are these things have to be eliminated from your existence. That's a different kind of Christianity, isn't it? He said these things have to cease. 
They will cease. Because guess what? Christ was not a fornicator. So when the spirit of Christ is in you, it cannot do that. What else do we have to get the victory over? Inordinate affections. We have to, to get past covetousness. Christ never coveted anything. When you have it all, what's the point? Why do I covet something? My father is God. If he wants me to have it, and if I need it, guess what happens? He gives it to us. So we don't go around trying to keep up with the Joneses. The Joneses belong to the enemy. I'm trying to keep up with those in heaven because my affections on things above and not on things on the earth. Amen? Amen. He said, for verse 6, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of what? Disobedience. So he's saying these people who participate in these things, not just these, because there's a plenty more you can read about. He said they are the children of disobedience and the wrath of God is going to come. I don't care if you call yourself Baptist, Methodist, Adventist, Catholics. If you're doing these things, you're disobeying God. And the wrath of God is coming. Amen? In the which he also walked sometime when you lived in them. See, we were supposed to have gone from this point of the, the, the idolatrous fornicators to the righteous walking people. He said, and sometimes you used to be this. And I don't you ever forget that you used to be that when you're out here witnessing to those who are still in it. Don't you get high and mighty on anybody because you were just as dirty as they were. Amen? And there's some things got to be cleaned up even now. Just because, well, I, it's like a, the alcoholic that says, well, I stopped drinking whiskey. I'm just down to wine now. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so we as Christians have to say, well, the Lord has delivered me from this, but man, I got some more deliverance to go through. Amen. And if you keep that in your mind, you'll always be compassionate to those you're speaking to. You don't, you're not judgmental. First of all, you can't judge in this sense. You can't condemn anybody to anything. Because that's what judging means. You have condemned them. You say you're going to hell. As if you have a hell to put them in. We as Christians have to be like Christ was. Christ looked at our filthy self, our filthy rags, and he said, don't worry about it. I'm going to walk with you until we can get this thing fixed. Are we that kind of missionaries? Are we that kind of ministers? Or we are we the ones who turn our nose up on those people who might be at the club right now? And they ask you a question about Jesus. And the first thing out of your mouth, well, you got to come out to them clubs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Why don't you find out why they're in the club? Why don't you ask the Holy Ghost to tell you what to say before you open your mouth? Why don't you show compassion and love? Don't excuse the sin. Don't say it's okay, baby. You can go and, and do, no, don't say that. Say God is able to deliver. Amen. We really got to get our minds fixed on what representing Christ is all about. Amen. Now look at this. He said, verse 8, but now you also put off all of them. Here's some more. We ready for this? Let's see how we're doing this morning. He said, I need you to put off these two. Anger. How much? Anybody angry this week? <laughs> angry. Oh, I, we had one person who was honest. Praise it. <laughs> how about wrath? Did we run and get back at somebody? That's two. Boy, 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 boy we, we got some good Christians in here. See, one thing about Christianity, you got to be honest. Because, you know, God wrote it down, so you might as well say amen. Amen? amen. How about malice? Blasphemy. Filthy communication out of your mouth when that man cut you off on the highway. <laughs> he said, I'm going to deliver you from all of these things. He said, because I'm asking you to walk in my way. Yes. That, see, we have to look at it that way. Look at it as, yes, I am falling victim to Satan's tricks and I do these things, but my God says, you're going to overcome yes. by the blood of the Lamb. Yes. I don't know about you, but I always felt like, like Martin Luther. When I fell in love with Jesus, I said, man, you mean you can forgive me and we can stop doing this stuff? He said, oh, yeah, but let me do this. Next verse. Oh, no. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man and his deeds. He said, I thought we were Christians, so you put all that off. But what happened? Verse 10 says, and have put on the new man, which 
is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Now, remember what this was? What happened in the garden? There was a conversation that says, let us make man how? In our own image, after our own likeness. What do you think he's trying to get us back to? His own image. Now, we're not talking about the physical structure. We're talking about the character of God. He said, this is, what I'm tr this is why I came and died and shed my blood so you can come back to my image, so you can be what I ask you to be and I created you to be. You are a reflection of me, the creator. Isn't it wonderful the creator came and died for us? Came and said, I can fix this if you let me. The one who made us, the one who made everything. Y'all know that, don't you? Jesus created everything. You can read it in Hebrews and John. God says, I came to save you, to make you in my image. And this is where we're going. Because those who are on that roll that's going to be called up yonder will look like Jesus, will act like Jesus, will have the character of Jesus. And this is what we, that's why they got to get rid of Jesus. That's why the world is getting rid of Jesus. The Christianity, the modern-day Christianity, I can't take Jesus. Jesus is too strict. So let us all love one another. Isn't that to cry now? But the Bible says love one another. Yes, he did, but he also said God is love. So there's a different kind of love you're talking about. That's when they're they out there talking about, uh, and, and my Lord, you better be careful what they're saying. They literally call the Lucifer, they call him Christ. Because that's their knowledge. That's their redeemer. So they don't mind you using words like Lord and God and Christ. But oh, don't say Jesus. Isn't that the only word you can't speak in a federal building? Think about it. You can say Buddha, Smuda, and whoever. You can have a, a, a Muslim uh, 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 prayer session with your rug in the middle of, uh, of, the, of the company. Don't say Jesus. Why? There's power in the name of Jesus. And so they can't handle that. All right, let's keep going. Now, the question is, what is your testimony? Have we put off the old man? Or are we still the old man? Because if we're still the old man, you know, the lying, fornicating, blasphemer, then, then we are testifying, but we're testifying for the, for the enemy of God. We okay with that? See, but when... When God is in us, it affects us. We can try to hide it, but it affects us. Go to Matthew. When he is really, when our testimony, when he has touched our heart, we really can't hide it. Back in Matthew, there was a brother who tried to hide it because he was afraid for his life. He had not quite died yet. He had not quite mortified his members yet. He was still trying to, to secure a, a place in the, in, the, in the land of the living by his own strength and by his own might and his own intelligence. But we're going to go to Matthew chapter 26. But when, you're, when he is in you, you can't help it. 26 of Matthew. Let's start at verse 69. 26 of Matthew, verse 69. Now Peter sat without in the palace. And this is after what? After they had come to pick up Jesus. When the church came to pick up Jesus. When the church came to pick up Jesus. Because he had to go to court at the church. Because he started acting like his father too much. He had the Holy Spirit in him too much. And the church couldn't take that anymore. They had to get rid of this one. Because he's going, what? When, when light comes into darkness, it kind of shows the difference, doesn't it? And so the church had been in darkness so long that when the light came, the darkness said, I can't take that light. We've got to get rid of this. So they came to pick him up, and Peter was sitting without the palace. And a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. What did Peter say? But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. But it was something about Peter. Because Peter had been touched by God. Oh, I know y'all don't get excited about this, but think about this. It was so much in Peter. Peter tried to have a different testimony, but his testimony was a lie because it was still in him. 
He had been walking with him so long, it was still in him. He had learned so much, it was still in him. He said, first of all, I don't know what y'all are saying. Verse 71 says, And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And after a while, uh, uh, I'm sorry, and verse 72 said, And again he denied him, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. Oh, but it was something in him. See, that's something about you. Once you start learning about Jesus, it's something in you. And you, you, you can say you don't. That's when you go and, you, and you're at the bar and it, it's just something in you, man. It said, I'm sitting here drinking this whiskey, but I can't do this. And people saying something's wrong. You don't belong here. Verse 73 says, and after a while came unto him, they that stood by and said to Peter, surely thou art what? Also at one, art one of them. Why? Peter didn't realize he had been around Jesus so long that he started using Jesus' words. He started using heavenly words. And they said, man, you, 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 over, you don't even talk like us. You, don't even, you sound like him. He said, your speech betrayeth thee. And what, what did Peter do with his intelligence? Then began he to what? Curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and did what? Wept bitterly. Oh, that was a beautiful night for Peter. Peter didn't think it was a wonderful night, but it was a wonderful night for Peter. Because Peter finally realized that Peter wasn't enough. He needed Jesus. But what was so wonderful about it, he said, man, there's something about you. Your speech is full of love. And he decided he'd go back to learn being, you know, being a, a cusser. <laughs> it didn't even work. Because once, he, once he's in you and once you, you, you really long for him and you've had this relationship, you'll never be the same. That's what we all tell people, you know, after they find God, they come to church and, and they say, I want to change. I want to be a changed person. And, and, and they, they set out on that road to be changed. And then they are called back into the old world. And now the old world doesn't work for them. Used to be a drug dealer and, and drugs. Nobody buy now. <laughs> I'm trying to talk about something y'all ain't never seen before. You know, y'all good Christian people. <laughs> Uh, you, know, I, 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 you know, I used to, 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 to hang out and I'd be called every day uh, to go to the parties, but I don't get no calls no more because it don't work. You'll try to go to one of them parties. Somebody will slip and say, oh, oh man, I didn't mean to tell him. And you'll go. And they say, man, you don't belong here because you've been altered a bit. And, I, and I, what, I, what I enjoy is, uh, people say you're crazy, but I enjoy when the old, work, old sin doesn't work no more for you. I love it when, it when you try to do it and it don't happen. And then you say, oh, uh, it ain't working. It ain't supposed to work no more. You've been called out of it, man. You didn't realize how many demons you had in you that made it work. Now God has cleaned you up, and now you're trying to go back in. That's why that second trip is a little harder than the first one. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to be a good Christian. I'm going to read my Bible. And ain't going to try to do the old stuff. It don't work, man. Thank God it didn't work. Because then if it worked, then you would think God approved of your foolishness. Amen? I love it when I mess up and God says, oh, nope, nope, nope. Nope, not going to work. You got to straighten it up. I don't want God sanctioning my foolishness. Because then I'll be that person standing there saying, well, Lord, didn't I do all this for you? And he'll say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Anybody want that, that last call from Jesus? No. But he wept bitterly, and that was a good night for Peter. First, let's go to Jeremiah, if you would. The testimony in Peter was so strong, he couldn't help himself. Everybody knew who he was. Jeremiah chapter 20. See what happens when the Spirit of God gets in you. When you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. Then Jeremiah 20 happens to you. 
you'll make statements like Peter did. See, Jeremiah 20 was just like Peter. He said, Jeremiah 20, let's go to verse 9. Brother was saying, then I, then I said, I will not make mention of him. I'm just not going to do it. Because, see, Jeremiah was in a position that, that every time he mentioned the Lord, bad things would happen to him. Why? Because the church didn't like the Lord. And he was just talking about the Lord. And so it'd be hardship on him every time he spoke of him. So he said, I'm not going to speak of him. Nor speak any more in his name. But guess what happened? But his word was in what? My heart. As a burning fire shut up in my bones and I was weary with forbearing. I, I, I could not stay. I, could, I couldn't stop talking about him. Is that our testimony today? Is he, is he in you so much you can't stop talking about it? You can't stop saying, I, I want to represent you. I can't stop praising your name. Is that in you now? Amen. As evidenced by the silence in this room, we got a ways to go. Amen? Amen? Because when you hear the word of God, you should rejoice. Amen? Amen. Amen. <laughs> go to Matthew. Go to Matthew. Come on, y'all. Go to Matthew. It's chapter 7. Man said, I, it was like fire in my bones. Have you ever done that? Have you ever sat there and said, I ain't going to say nothing? <clears throat> I know you, Nelson. <laughs> That's your life. <laughs> but you could, I got to say something. And he, could, he couldn't stop witnessing. He couldn't stop doing what God asked him to do. He said, if God says do this, well, Lord, if I do that, then something bad is going to happen. But he couldn't stop it because he had, he had fallen in love with him. It was like fire in his bones. Matthew 7. What's your testimony? How do you know? How did you know? How did Peter, how did the people know? And he said in verse 19 of 7 of Matthew, it says, every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore what? By their fruits you shall know them. You want to know who a Christian is? Check his fruits. If somebody loves Jesus, see what he's doing. Not just what he's saying, but what he's doing. Amen? That's how you find out. He said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that what? Doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. You want to know what Christianity is all about? It's about doing the will of the Father. What was Christ's life dedicated to? The will of the Father. That was it, wasn't it? So are we, do we see it in you? Are you doing it? Are you speaking it, but are you doing it? Are you witnessing? Are you testifying? Or, 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 or are you doing something different? Fruits. What are your fruits? Are you mean? Are you judgmental? Are, are you going against what God has shared with you about your life? Are, are, you, are you loving your wife as Christ loved the church? Wives, are you submitting yourself to your husbands as unto the Lord? These simple principles, these simple things that we know that by the fruit that you are bearing, we know who you believe in. Help us, Lord. Psalms 26. See, God says, I need somebody to say something. He said, I need somebody to publish me. I need somebody to speak of me. I need somebody to praise me. You know, there's, you can praise him with the fruit of your lips. Guess not. <clears throat> Psalms 26. Come on. We get through this together. And I'm going to tell you why it's important to praise him with your mouth. Some, something you probably haven't thought of before. But we're going to go to Psalms 26. Let's go to Psalms 26 and start at verse 6. The Lord says, I will wash my hand in innocency. So will I compass thine altar, O Lord, that I may publish with the voice of what? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Are you praising him with thanksgiving. Uh, everything out of your mouth should be thanksgiving. Then we'll know who we're serving. What if, we, if everything out of our mouth is complaints? 
if you have a God that does wondrous works and everything out of your mouth is a complaint or a murmur or a defeated attitude or a non-faith position, then what? Who are you really serving? Would you want to be a Christian if somebody walked up to you and said, I believe in Jesus, but boy, it's rough out here. <laughs> Whew, I'm tired. I ain't got no rent money. I, whoo, man, I wish somebody would do something for me. I ain't never have. I'd be like, man, get, get away from me with your God. And don't you realize that's what you're doing? Because the next sentence, you want to talk about Jesus. You know, you're at work. Oh, I just, I'm tired. I just, whew. But let me tell you about Jesus. I might want to hear about Jesus with that kind of testimony. If that's Jesus, something's wrong with your Lord. That's why your testimony must be sure. Your testimony must be found first in your heart. And you must understand that the words that come out of your mouth affect other people and your witness about your God. Amen. You ever hear about, you know, you ever seen somebody depressed all the time? Yes. Call themselves a Christian, but they're depressed all the time. Depression is a demon. Get rid of it. But if God's spirit is in you, how can you be depressed? What are you depressed about? If, you, if Jesus is with you, what are you depressed about? Well, things ain't going right. No, things ain't going right by you. Why don't you get with the will of God and things will always go right? Didn't Joseph have that experience? For the, out, the outside looking in, they said, man, that was a rough life Joseph living. Joseph was so happy, he said, God sent me in this hole. God sent me to this prison. God sent me to, the, to, to be number two in Egypt. And, and it's all right because God sent me. And every time he had an opportunity to share the word of God, he did. He didn't murmur and complain in prison. He rejoiced. And he looked to an opportunity to teach. Even when he became head honcho in Egypt. We, we remembered this morning, he, he, he witnessed, he was a missionary in Egypt, even sitting in the king's palace. He said, I'm going to look for an opportunity to tell somebody about my God. Not only tell them, I'm going to have some fruits to show them. How do you think he got up there in Egypt? His fruits. What are we going to do this morning? Tell of the wondrous works of God. Has he been wonderful to you? Yes. Has he done something for you that you could classify as wondrous? Yes. Then why don't we talk about it? Why don't we share that with somebody instead of complaining about something? It's cold, it's hot, it's raining, it's snowing. Yeah, it is. Praise the Lord, you can see it. Go down to the mortuary and, and see if anybody's, you know, what they saying down there. Go to the cemetery. Anybody down there would trade places with you. I don't care if it's nine degrees. So we got to really start appreciating and speaking of the wondrous works of God. Walk to somebody. Somebody said, man, I'm having a hard day. Hey, man, I used to have them too. But let me tell you about somebody who made all my days good. Oh, Lord, I, I just don't know. I got this, I got this the blood pressure and I got the diabetes. And I, I, got, hey, all, I used to have all them too. But let me tell you about the wonderful works of God. And be walking it. Don't be theorizing about it. I heard tell. Uh, tell them what you know. Tell them what you walked. I, I, man, every moment I can, I tell somebody. And they ask, what's with you? Oh, let me tell you what's with me. <laughs> okay, come on. Verbal testimony. See, your praise helps you. See, you never thought about that. You thought about praising the Lord and giving God glory and honor, and, you know, what they say in the church, right? It helps you because it keeps praise on your lips. It keeps praise in your mind. It keeps you wondering and remembering the wonderful, wondrous works of God. Go to Isaiah 43. We all right with that? Those who don't praise tend to, say, tend to stay depressed. They tend to murmur. Why? Because they have nothing on their lips that says he is a wonderful God. All we have is we, on our lips, things is tough. Let me tell y'all something. Things ain't got tough yet. Life's pretty good. You know why? You got clothes. Most of y'all showered this morning. <laughs> At some point during the week. 
Did you have hot water? Yeah. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Ask Sister Jerry. She went on a missionary trip. They couldn't spell hot water. <laughs> oh, you went to a bath. You went to a bathroom, didn't you? Yeah. Oh, ask missionaries about all that. You want me to what? <laughs> oh, see, we take it for granted that all things are always going to be like they are. Oh, it's going to get interesting. And that's what we keep trying. God's trying to share with us, develop this relationship with him. So it won't be hard on you. Didn't say the times won't be hard, but they won't be hard on you. Does that make sense? See, when they were burning at the stake back in the, 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 the Crusades, times were hard, but it wasn't hard on them. When they were being fair to the lions, times were hard, but it wasn't hard on them. Why? Because their affections were on things above. All they can do down here is kill you. But what did Jesus say about that? He said, don't worry about them in the body. He said, respect and honor the one that can able to throw body and soul in hell. Amen? Amen. Praise him with your lips. It helps you. Isaiah 43. And this is so funny. He's talking here. And he said, look here, in verse 8. Isaiah 43, verse 8. He says, bring forth the blind people that have eyes. You know, that's normal people who say they believe. He said, and the deaf that have ears, let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled who among, who among them can declare this. He said, gather all your things. All your, all your magazines, all, all your, your, your soothsayers, all your kings, all your systems. He said, gather all of them. Who among them can declare this and show us former things? He said, look here. Let them bring forth their witnesses that they may be justified. Or let them hear and say it is the truth. He said, look, I want you to gather everything that you know about. All of the powerful things in this world, all the powerful people. He said, gather all of them. They can't do what I do. And he said, look, ye are what? Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. That's an assignment that we ought to be saying yea and amen to. Ye are my witnesses. Stop witnessing for the other nations. He said, you are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. When's the last time you said that? It ought to encourage you to say that. My God, there was no God before him, and there's no God after him. Praise my God. Amen. Amen. When's the last time you let that come off your lips? Mm -hmm. I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared and have saved, and I have showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. Amen. Amen. Can anybody let that roll off their lips today? This is our God. Moses sung a song. They talked about it in Revelation, I believe it was. He said, Moses sung, these people sung the song of Moses. And, 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 and the only way you're going to be able to sing that song because, is because you've gone through something. Moses' song was a song of experience. Moses had hard times, but it wasn't hard on him. Moses always believed. Caleb believed. Joshua believed. When he walked up and saw those 18-foot men, you know what? It didn't bother Caleb at all because he let this run off his lips. My God is God. We just don't believe that yet. What did David say? He looked at the circum... I mean, I mean, he called them uncircumcised Philistines. I guess that was kind of like playing the dozens back then. But he looked at him and said, Man, my God is God. What are you doing? Why are you going against the armies of the living God? Man, get out of my way. He let praise come from his lips. And so he had the power to overcome. We got to start praising him with our lips. And I'm not talking about that fake Sunday school praise. 
you know, you walk in and you walk into church, a happy Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Praise him. <laughs> let him. Let it come off from your heart. Because that's where praise starts, in your heart. If your heart is not converted, you can't praise him. I'm sorry, you can't. You can't do it the way God asks you to do it. That's why he says, let me in your heart. Watch what I can do. Praise will just flow from your lips. I can't help myself. John chapter 4. Because if you start praising and witnessing and living and testifying, other people might hear the voice of God. Other people might have a chance. What is your mission here on earth? To get to heaven? Your mission is to get other people to heaven. Your mission is to share the gospel. What was Jesus' mission? To make a way for us to return home. He was going home. He had, I, I did what my father said. The book, my father said, if I do what he tells me to do, I'm going home. You know what he did every morning? Father, let me do what you want me to do. You know the same promises made to us? Do you want to go home? Yeah. Oh, no. Let me, let me back way up. Is heaven your home? Yeah. Or is it something that you heard about? See, heaven, we, people got different ideas about heaven. Heaven is, some people even think we, we, we're going to go way up in the air and float around. <laughs> For eternity, we're going to be playing harps and, you know. I don't care where heaven is. If Jesus is there, it's heaven enough. He said, you know what? Uh, he said that Jesus would be in the midst of us. I'll be their God and they'll be my people. That's heaven to me. I can have heaven right now. We're going now. I'm not, 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 please, I'm not telling you we ain't going somewhere. Because <laughs> we're going to make a trip. And if you study your word, you know we're going to make a trip back too. Yeah. But wherever he is, and he can be with you right now. And you can be in heaven in the middle of a subway in New York. You can be in heaven in the in ghetto in Memphis. You can be in heaven even in a place that calls itself an assembly of believers. You can be there right now. John chapter 4. Let's start at verse 39. What is your testimony this morning? Are you witnessing? Uh, please, please understand. Your testimony is more than your words, but they require words. Amen. Amen. Verse 39 says, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman. What happened if the woman had never gone back to the, to the, to the, to the community? We know about this woman. This is the woman that, that Jesus was telling her, Hey, man, you're you right. You're not married now. He said, a saying of this woman which testified, he told me all that I ever did. So verse 40, so when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there how many days? See, in order for an evangelistic effort to work, somebody's got to go before them. You ought to know that's part of church stuff. Somebody's got a witness. See, that's why you all as church members have to witness. People are not coming here unless you tell them. That's why we're all over the world right now. And you say, well, how in the world are these, these two people all over the world? Because God says publish his word. God says speak the word only. And that's what we're doing. That's why we're all over the world. Why are we spending the last dime to make sure this happens. The same reason you should be doing the same thing. Come and see. They came. That woman went and said, man, this guy told me everything I did. He must be the Christ. There's something in him. And he said, they, people came out to him, didn't they? And they, he spent two days with them. And that's what he's, he's talked about. And in verse 41, and many more believe because of what? his own word, and said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Amen? Amen. Your job is to be the woman. 
so somebody could see Jesus. All of us, let's be the woman. Let's go say, man, let me tell you about somebody who told me and, could, and saved me and redeemed me, and let me introduce you to him, and his name is Jesus. Please remember that. I'm not trying to get people to come look at me. Make sure you don't get, get that out of your mind. I'm talking about you as a Christian need to be this woman and say, let me tell you about a man who knew all things. That's our role. Are we playing that role? But if we don't testify with our actions, we don't testify with our words, no one will ever know him. Do you, what do you say? Look, man, if you don't do it, these stones are going to cry out. Do we need the stones to cry out this morning? What we need to do. Oh, man, we, Father, one, go to First Kings. I love this king. See, he testified with his mouth, but he moved. He had some fruits. He moved on the word of God. That's how you know Christianity is real in your life. You move upon it. You do it. You want to be like those people in Antioch where they call them Christians because there's nothing else to call them. They act like Christ. Why can't we do that today? We got to call ourselves something else, don't we? Well, we Baptist, Methodist, Episcopalian, you know, all this stuff. Man, be a Christian. Please, if we could get that, we'd be all right. First Kings chapter 15. Anybody heard of a king called Asa? Yes. Asa is one of my favorite kings. Asa wasn't totally perfect, but Asa moved on the word of God. Now, in verse 8 of First Kings 15, let's go to First Kings 15. We all right so far? Yes. We won't be long. Somebody sent me that. The other day, uh, they had this strange look on this person's face, and they said, uh, the face you make when the preacher say, this is my last scripture. And then he keep, and then somebody in the back say, oh, oh, keep preaching. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then the person who did that, I said, well, I understand. He said, well, I, I got to come to your church. I got to come to your church. I said, don't worry about it. Nobody's going to say that. Then we lay off. Bruh. Uh-huh. 1 Kings 15. 1 Kings 15. Let's go to verse 8. 1 Kings 15, verse 8. He said, we there? Yes. And Abijam slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David. And Asa, his son, reigned in, in his stead. And in the 20th year, Jeroboam, king of Israel, reigned Asa over Judah. And 40 and one years reigned he in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Machah, the daughter of Abishalom. And Asa Asa did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, as did David his father. Now let's stop there before we go on. Who was Asa trying to make happy? The Lord. He did right not in the eyes of his community, not in the eyes of his family, not in the eyes of his own self, but he did right according to the eyes of God. Let's keep that in mind as well. Amen? Amen. And he said... Uh, um, and he, and he, verse 12, he did something that was interesting. And he took away the Sodomites out of the land. First thing he did, he took out the Sodomites out of the land and removed all the idols that his fathers had made. And also Macha, his mother, even her, he removed from being queen. I ain't a man in here that can do that. The mama, you got to go. She wasn't just mama. She was queen. He said, Mom, you worship them idols? You, you, you hang out with these sodomites? You got to go. That's why I love Asa. Asa, he didn't let his own mother stand in the way of him pleasing God. Isn't that power? How did he get that power? He set his affection on things above and not on things on the earth. What is closer to a son than his mother? He said, Mama, you got to get out of here. Wasn't that wonderful? He said, because she had made an idol in the grove. And Asa destroyed her idol and burned it <laughs> by the brook of Kedron. Can you imagine how that family dinner went? 
He said, Mom, that's against God. Not only you can't be queen, I'm burning up all of it. You know, sometimes we say, well, Mom, you just got to move here, take your stuff. Oh, no, there was no more stuff after Asa got through. Why? Because he wanted to please God. He had a testimony. See, when we have a testimony, there's things we must do. When that testimony hits you, when that spirit of God hits you, there's some things that need to be removed out of your life. Help us, Lord. Verse 15, and he brought in the things which his father had dedicated. Verse 15, and the things which himself had dedicated into the house of the Lord, silver and gold and vessels. Let me explain this to you. Once you take things out of your life, you better replace them with things of God. Because once you get rid of one demon and you don't fill it with the spirit of God, oh, seven of them coming back. Amen. Oh, you think you got trouble now. But God says, once you remove these things, let me fill with my spirit. Amen. Amen. And that's what he did. The dedicated things, the precious things he placed in the hands of, of God. And we have to do that too. Matthew chapter 5. We're going to get out of here. It was interesting. I was saying, Lord... I don't have enough today. <coughs> Matthew 5. Let's go to 38. Here's our assignment. This is our testimony. This is our fruits. These are the fruits that we must bear. These are the things we must show. Are we ready? Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. We have heard that it had been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Have we heard that? Don't we live that? Nah. We live that, don't we? Sometimes. Somebody hits you, what you going to do? Hit them hard. <laughs> they ain't going to hit me again, I tell you that. <laughs> but these are the fruits that we have to bear. He said, you've heard an eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil. But whosoever, now let her stop so you won't think God's saying deal with evil. He was talking about resist. He said, I don't want you to, 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 to strike back at what evil did just came to you. Are we okay with that? But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him. What? The other also. Hey, how we doing? That does not just talk about physical striking either. Those individuals who've done you wrong say, okay, well, hey, what else you got? Because my God is God. Amen. And he will not tempt me above I, what I can bear. And whatever you got ain't God. So I'm not worried about it. Verse 40. And if any man will sue, you, sue thee at the law and take away thy coat, let him have thy cloak also. You see what this fruit's talking about? See, this is how they know you're Jesus. When these things happen in your life. Amen? Verse 41. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn not thou away. How we doing on that? I don't let nobody no money that can't pay me back. When do you become a bank? <laughs> I understand banks. They need to make sure they don't lend money to people who can't pay back. I understand that, even though they're getting nothing. That's y'all not ready for that. Uh, uh, but God said, "If something, you're my child." I'm God. How much does God have? So in your service as a minister, a missionary, and somebody asks you something, you say, Lord, what do you want me to give? Sometimes God says nothing. But let God say that. Don't you go in there, I ain't giving up nothing when I walk in this church. Some of us have done that, haven't we? I know I have. I go into a church because I got to go somewhere because of something. Man, I said, these clowns, I ain't giving nothing. But I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, lend, give. Give this. And give it with your whole heart. Don't give it with a string on it. Just say, give it. God said, give it all. Man, he must have some more for me. Let's go. Think of things like that. That's when they know Christ is in you. Give to him that asketh thee, and from him that would borrow of thee, turn thee not away. Ye have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. We have been, we've heard that, right? But I say unto you, love your enemies. 
Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you. And what? See, it's not enough they just use. They persecuting you. Are we there yet? What's our testimony this morning? Verse 45 says that ye may be the children of your father which is in heaven. See, you're not the children of the father unless we go through this. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and, and what? Sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. He said, look, man, don't sit there and try to determine who is just and unjust so you can give or not give, or you can treat well and, or not treat well. He said, I'm making rain on everybody. The decision is mine. Hmm. 46 says, for if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Then he says, be ye therefore what? Why? Even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. Be the image of God. Isn't that what this is all about? Be the image of God. And he told us in his word what this is. We've read step by step what the image of God is. And this is what he requires of us. Mm. Last father. First Peter. Is it cold in here? Is it hot? Did you sleep last night? How was it? Good. First Peter 3. Verse 15 says, First Peter 3, verse 15. The Lord says, but sanctify the Lord God where? In your hearts. That's where it starts. Sanctify him. Reverence him in your heart. And then he said, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you for a reason of hope that that the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Help us, Lord. Sanctify the Lord in your heart. Sanctify him in your heart. Therefore, your testimony will spew forth with power and with might. You'll be able to share the word of God with others effectively. You'll be able to point somebody to Jesus. We learned this morning, your mouth. No more murmuring and playing out of your mouth, okay? And also no false religion out of your mouth either. No fake Jesus. Just know that he is good. His wondrous works. If you can't say something wonderful about God, you know what you ought to do? Don't say nothing at all. If you have not experienced the Father in a wondrous way, don't say anything. Wait on somebody else to come by and tell you about it. But I think everybody in here has experienced that, have we not? God is God. And God is God over all. He's over every other thing that there is out there. I don't know about you. I've seen him do things that we thought were impossible. But he said, I'm God. And as long as we stay in his will, we're going to see even greater things, aren't we? Because for you all to survive through these last days is going to take a powerful God. When I say survive, I'm not talking about, oh, we're going to be in ragged clothes. I'm talking about being able to resist the enemy. That's the battle. That's the battle we're going to be dealing with now, is resisting the enemy. Being convinced that God is God in God's way, no matter what everyone else is saying, we got to believe that God's way is God's way. Amen. Amen. I wish we could have really been more excited about this. I was excited when he gave it to me. So maybe, Sister Jerry, we're going we gonna to go to and be around excited people. See, y'all miss out on excited people. Y'all go to churches and people yell and scream and holler. Don't that make y'all excited? It bothers me. Because I can't, like... What are you saying, man? You know, I heard a preacher the other day. He was rhyming. 
I mean, he, he was good, too. I mean, he was, hey. He said, hey, hey, you know, this, that, this. Okay, bro. And everybody was just hooping and hollering and loving it and dancing. I'm like, Lord, help us all. No wonder we can't hear thus saith the Lord. Because we ain't rhyming. <laughs> so you ain't going to hear no rhyming in here, all right? It's that word prayer. <laughs>